Are you tired of getting screwed because of the things you don't know how to do? Are you ready to do more and be more? Well, then get ready to reclaim your independence. Reclaim the knowledge that has been passed down through the generations that will make you more capable and a more confident individual in any situation. Get ready to become a Reclaimed American. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Reclaimed American Podcast. Still your number one source for learning how to get shit done. I know I haven't exactly been teaching you how to physically do things lately, and uh, that's because in addition to being able to do things physically, you have to have a clear mind in order to be able to do things. You have to be in the right frame of mind. And uh, actually, today's show, in addition to the Baby T Chronicles update, today's show is talking about some of the things that I do as stress relief. For me, building things and creating something is very therapeutic. This kind of ties in with the hobbies episode that I did a while back. And one of the hobbies that I have is woodworking. And lately I've started getting back into doing some of my wood and epoxy work. But before I get into that, we're going to do start this episode off with the Baby T Chronicles update. So we are now in week 11, and my dogs are barking in the background because my neighbor is having something fixed on her skylight. So if you hear the barking in the background, sorry, it is what it is. Um, but anyway, so the Baby T update. So we ended up having to go to the ER a couple more times this week, and essentially... On Monday, we had our 11-week appointment with the with our uh, OB, baby doc, however you want to phrase it. And this time around, they went ahead and changed up my wife's prescription for her anxiety issues. So now she's on a drug called Lexapro. And the first night she took it, she took a full pill. And she said it had her pretty much just knocked out for the entire day. Uh, she took it like I don't know, around noon, one o'clock on the day that she got the medication. And for about the next 18 hours, she was just groggy, fuzzy. She, she had a hard time staying awake. But the thing that they tell you is when you start a new medication, you have to be on it for a while and your body will start to adjust to it. Now, the one thing that she is doing is because she has this insane phobia of taking full-dose medication. So, uh, we've got her on a half pill. And hopefully that will start to level off a little bit and see how she does with that. But, uh, you know, immediately after taking, she's taken two doses of it now. And she's like, oh, that, that, oh, I don't like it. I need something else. It's like, no, you need to adjust to it. So bear that in mind. If you have anxiety issues and they put you on a medication and you don't like how it makes you feel initially, you have to take it long enough for your body to adjust a little bit to it. And uh, one of my neighbors, she said that, yeah, with some of these medications, it takes anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks to get used to how they make you feel 
if it's one of those pills that just totally knocks you on your ass and you want to sleep the whole day, just give in and, and let it run its course for the first couple of days. Eventually, you'll start to be more functional while taking the medication. But anyway, so that, that's how my wife's doing. Now, they went ahead and they pulled some blood, and we sent it off in some little test kit that they gave us, and uh, they gave it to us, but then we had to take it down the hall to where they do the um, blood extraction and all that. So hopefully in about another three days at the most, we'll get the results back from that, which should even include the gender of the baby. How they do that from the mother's blood, I got no freaking clue. But as soon as I know what it, what the baby is, boy or girl, I will definitely let all of y'all know. But so far, everything looks good. Um, heart rate was normal. It was about 161 beats per minute. Um, during one of the trips to the ER, they went ahead and did an ultrasound to see how things are going. And we could see the little hands and feet and a little bit of facial feature, but not too much. I mean, we're, we're only at 11, 11 weeks. But um, so our next appointment is July 22nd, which will be another uh, appointment kind of like what we just had, where they just they listen to the baby's heart, maybe take some more blood to run some more tests, make sure everything's looking good. And then the following month, for our August 19th um, update, that's the one where they, they do the full like 3D scan or, or how they put it, um, is a detailed uh, ultrasound. And they'll be able to you know see all the, the features of the baby by that point. So we're super excited about that one. And for that one, for $16, we can get a CD with all the scan information and so we'll be able to see whatever they do in a sense so i'm we're, we're both super excited for that one it's like you know when i was reading the pamphlet and you know i see the 16 dollars, you can get a cdr with the scans of your baby i'm like oh hell yeah we're doing that so yeah so there we go um let's see anything else now one thing i'm going to start doing at the end of these shows is I'm going to incorporate like a quote of the week. Um, I've already got like three or four quotes lined up for the next few shows, but uh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be something interesting to do. You know, give you a quote and then my take on it. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But it's just the way that particular quote makes me feel and how I feel about it. So be prepared. That's going to be at the end of this episode. Now, moving on with, it's not necessarily stress relief, although that's going to be the title of this episode is, is stress or stress relief. But more than that, I just wanted to let you know that I'm getting back into doing my little wood epoxy projects. This particular, um, this last week, I worked on six small pieces. Three of them are about four by four sized on um, I think the wood is about half inch thick so it's a four by four square half inch thick with a nice coat of different colored epoxy on it and I've got three other pieces that are about two and two two and a half inches wide 
and about, ooh, I don't know, seven inches long. And what I did is, on, on this batch, one, it's a brand new epoxy I've never used before. The previous epoxies that I, were, I was using, they would heat up a little bit as they start to cure, but not too much. Well, this stuff, after I, I did my pour and did everything that I, I did with it, I still had some epoxy left in, the, in these plastic measuring cups that I use, which are, I mean, it's a really thin, shitty plastic, but they're meant for one-time use, throwaway kind of cups. Well, the next morning when I came out to see how the project's set up overnight, the cups had actually melted a little bit. And they went from being, you know, nice, like, 8-ounce plastic cups to the bottom sections getting sucked in from the heat reaction. So this is definitely a different um, product, but I like how the results came out. So what I did on this is I took, took my wood pieces. They were some scrap pieces of a pallet that I had. So I'm not really sure what wood it is, but I wanted to see if I used these with out really doing anything beyond dusting off some dust that was on the pieces, how would it come out? And what I did is I took some smaller wood blocks to put the pieces on top of, so as I poured my epoxy on, it could run over the sides and not stick it to the table. Which, by the way, on my tables, um, I learned my lesson on one of them. I didn't ensure that it was level. So as I was pouring the epoxy, the stuff was running off to one side. So I was like, damn it. So before I do any more on that, I need to level out my tables, make sure that it's not going to run one way or the other. Um, but also, I made these little wood blocks that I could set the pieces I'm working on on top of. And that actually worked out very well. I don't know if I'm going to use pallet wood next time because it had a slight bow to it, um, a little cupping to the to the board, so the pieces are not completely flat. Um, also, next time I will sand it smooth before using. A couple of the pieces have some little bumps in them from the fibers, kind of pushing up through the or trying to push up through the epoxy. But um, what I did on these is I took three different colors of, um, or, or I poured all my epoxy into three different cups. And this is a two-part epoxy mix. It's uh, equal parts. So, you know, if I used four ounces, no, three ounces of hardener and three ounces of resin. So that made a total of six ounces for each of the three colors that I mixed up. One of them was a nice dark metallic blue. The other one was kind of a silvery metallic gray. And then I also did another one that's uh, like a metallic, per or, um, kind of like a pearl or a white color. And now that I've finished those three pieces, or those, um, now that I finished those, those pieces, I realized I really should have used a different color other than the silver or the white because once they're in the piece they look very similar to each other and so I needed more contrast. I've got one other blue I could use. I've got a dark blue and then like a turquoise blue. They definitely show up differently side by side to each other so on the next set that I do I'm going to change up the color a little. I still like the white though because it adds a 
a certain something, a certain flair, depth of color to uh, to the work. But what I did on this round is after I mixed up the colors and I had the pieces set out, I drizzled a little, or not really drizzled, the, the base color I poured quite a bit of onto the wood. And then what I've done differently on these versus all the work I've done in the past is I used a heat gun, or not a heat gun, I used a blow dryer to, one, heat up the epoxy, which allows it to release the air bubbles better. Two, when you heat up your epoxy, it flows better. But then three, when you're mixing different colors in, in a certain pattern, or random pattern, whatever you want to say, when you mix these different colors together by pouring them together, and then you hit it with a heat gun, one color might heat up a little more depending on how I, I hold the, the heat gun, blow dryer, whatever. And it creates different um, effects than you can get if you just do a straight up pour and then maybe use your, your hand with a glove. Don't, don't touch the epoxy without a glove because it, it's super sticky and it's a pain in the ass to get off your hands. So always use gloves when you're doing this. But anyway, so I poured the epoxy, hit it with the heat gun, kind of move it around, and also, like I said, it lets it flow a little nicer, levels out a lot better if you hit it with heat versus just letting it sit there by itself. And yeah, I just got all these different random patterns and flows going, and uh, I think they came out pretty neat. My mother-in-law has seen them, and she really likes the way they look, but due to um, language barrier issues, she doesn't quite understand what I meant uh, when I told her, oh yeah, these are just for like desk art or random little art pieces. And she just kind of, huh? You know, cocked her head to the side, but she likes the way they look. So what I did is after I, I poured it, put different swirl patterns and stuff on it, and I hit it with a heat gun to help mix the colors around, swirl them, kind of give a little, uh, I don't know, just different pattern to it. Anyways, so once I was done with the heat gun, then I just let it, let them sit and came back the next day. And the epoxy had already set on them. And what I ended up doing is some of them I was able to just use my belt sander to smooth off the bottom a little bit where the epoxy overran the sides and kind of dripped from the backside. So I used the, the belt sander to sand that smooth, cleaned up the edges a little bit, also using the belt sander. Then a couple of the other pieces, after I smoothed off the backside, I was looking at them and the, the ones that are like two inch by seven inch, I was looking at them and some of them were really bumpy across one edge uh, from the wood fibers kind of pushing up the epoxy and it, it was really rough i didn't like how it looked so they started off more like five by sevens and i ended up cutting some of that off so that's why they're like two or three inch by about seven inch but anyway so i cut those off cleaned up the edges had to put like a little makeshift table on my router so I could round off the, the top edge where it rolls over from the epoxy to the sides of the wood. And just clean it up a little, make it look a little more presentable. And uh, that went pretty pretty smooth, pretty easy. And that was really about it. Uh, didn't go into too great a detail on cleaning up the backsides. The one thing I did do is I coated the bare wood with a product called Odie's 
like Odie's Wood Wax or something like that. Hold on, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Okay, so what I used on it was a product called Odie's Oil. And essentially, Odie's Oil is a food-safe, solvent-free, non-toxic wood finish and stabilizer. Um, I've used this stuff before on some coasters that I made and also on my pour-over wood or pour-over coffee stand. And I coated it with the with the Odie's, and because it's non-toxic, food-safe, I wasn't worried about chemicals coming out into my coffee or whatever. But um, basically, you just use a rag, a soft rag. I use a mi microfiber cloth that has been washed like 20 million times, so there's practically no lint in it. And you just take a little dab of, of, the, uh, of the product, which is kind of a waxy, oily type uh, product. And you just rub it on the wood. Give it about 30 minutes or so and then use using either the same rag on the other side or get a clean rag. You just kind of wipe it off and kind of buff it up a little bit. And it will basically create a virtually impenetrable coat on the wood. And I, the, the coffee brewer that I made is made out of some teak wood from a boat deck that I reclaimed. And after putting the Odie's oil on it, it went from a nice light, almost a blondish color, to a um, darker, almost a reddish color. And I've been using that brewer now for probably close to a year. And it still has the exact same color as when I put the, the, coating, the Odie's oil on it. Also, it still beads up if water gets on it. And, I mean, I'm putting boiling hot water through this thing. I mean, you don't... When you're using a pour-over wooden coffee stand, the idea is you pour it into the little sock filter in the middle and not all over the wood. But, inevitably, you do end up getting some water on the wood. Well, even though it's hot-ass water that's been hitting it many, many, many times, it still has the same color and it still repels water. So I don't know what the stuff is, but it is amazing. I love I love the Odie's products. Now I totally forgot. Oh yeah, no, where where I was going with with the product. So yeah, I coated the back side of these boards with the Odie's oil and that's pretty much it. I think what I'm going to do with these is post them on Instagram and Facebook for sale because these are my first batch. I'm still not 100% pleased with how they came out because of the wood that I used. So I'm going to put them at a really cheap discounted price. And more or less, I'm trying to recoup the money from the epoxy. Most of the epoxies that I'm using right now run around $60 to $70 a gallon. Usually, uh, because it's a two-part epoxy, you get half a gallon of hardener, half a gallon of the resin, and, uh, yeah, so stuff gets kind of pricey really quick. The stuff I'd really like to use is almost 200 like around 230 a gallon. But it's amazing stuff. Um, I'll get into that on a different show. But anyways, so if you're interested in the pieces that I made, check me out on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, just search Reclaimed American. Look for the logo that's black and white with a saw blade with the American flag in the middle of it. Can't miss me. But uh, that's it for, for that part. Now, 
getting into the quote of the day. So today's quote comes to us from Gandhi, of all, all people. And he had a quote. There's a little discrepancy in my research as to was the quote, be the change you want to see in the world, or was it be the change you wish to see in the world? Either way, the way I, I look at this quote is people are always complaining about, oh, the society's gone to hell or the world's gone to hell in a handbasket. And my thought on that is, well, rather than coaxing that along with a flamethrower, why don't you get off your ass and do something about it? The world can't change unless someone enacts that change. So be the change you want to see in the world. You don't like how politics are going? Fine. Be more active in the political process. You don't like something that's going on in your neighborhood, like maybe you've got a, a HOA that you have to deal with, or just you know the community as a whole. Become more active in your neighborhood, in your community. You know, I know my HOA; they have yearly elections for board members. So if you don't like how the board is being run, run for office, you know, start talking to people in the community and try to drum up support for yourself and become a board member and see if you can make the change from the inside. Either that or at least go to all the board meetings. You know, they, they'll have their moments where they will bring up a topic, they'll discuss it amongst themselves Normally, they'll open up the floor to take any input from the people in the crowd, if there even is people from a crowd, and, you know, talk to them, discuss it. If you've got a Facebook group for your neighborhood, or and up, there's an app out there called Nextdoor, and it's a great neighborhood um, app. You, you know, figure out where you live, what, what your, the name of your neighborhood is, and you Almost every neighborhood that I'm aware of in my immediate area has a neighborhood group on both Nextdoor and Facebook. So become more uh, more active in your community if you want to see any change in it. Um, you get those people that are like, ah, oh, my car's a piece of shit, it's always breaking down. Well, you know what? Maybe you need to do a little pre preventative maintenance on your car every now and then. You know, change your oil. Regularly inspect your tires. Uh, there's been many times where I've done a little look over on my tires and I've seen like a bubble or bulge in the sidewall. It's like, oh, well, that's not good. That needs to be changed. And so I'll either go straight down to the tire shop or if I have other things I have to do before I can do that, I'll put my spare tire on and then go down to the tire shop when I have time. So if you know something's broken, fix it. Otherwise, it never gets changed, and then you have to deal with the shit that comes out of that. So, be the change you want to see in the world. Be active in your community. Be active if you've got kids in school. That's something I'm going to have to deal with coming into the future. Be active in what goes on in the school. Um, a lot of times there's parent-teacher conferences you can go to. Um, a lot of the schools will have like a little open house at the beginning of every year so you can go meet your kids' teachers, talk to them, find out if you even like them or not. Um, same with the school administrators. You know, Be active in the community. And uh, that's about it. We're going to wrap it up there. 
As always, I encourage you to leave me a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you're listening to this through heroesmediagroup.com, then you know, make sure you shoot them a little message. Say, hey, we really like this guy, or hey, this guy's a dumbass. You know, I don't care what it is, just put it out there. Uh, you can also, again, get a hold of me at Reclaimed American on both Instagram and Facebook. You can leave me a message there. And remember to share this with family, friends, people you love, people you don't, anyone you think that could get them use out of this message, out of my show. Please share it with them. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. And um, like I said, don't forget to uh, like our show pages on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast at. And I will see you all next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Reclaimed American Podcast. If you're ready to do more and be more, start by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play. Then join our community on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed American. And join us over on our website at ReclaimedAmerican.us.